How's it going? Yay, we did it. Um, how are you? How's your week? What's going on? Let's uh let's take some time, man. Let's uh let's land, let's be here. Now, you know, everybody talks about you know being present, meditating, doing all that good stuff, and it's so hard. It's almost as if there's no such thing as a moment. The moment is fleeting. Uh, there's a Father John Misty song. Father John Misty, if you don't know him, he's a peculiar... Yeah, you probably know who he is. If you don't, who cares? But he is great. He's very fun. And he's um, he's like, yeah, just a very, very cool character. But anyway, he has a, he has a lyric in one of his songs. Something about, like, I can barely tell how long a moment is. Um, and I was like that. I was like, ah, oh, I wish I read that. Um, but anyway, life is good here in uh, the, what is this, the Sunshine State? No, that's like New Jersey or something. Where are, what is, ten, what is Nashville? What's Tennessee? Is it uh, the land of the free? No, live free, die hard, that's New Hampshire. There's people yelling at their phones now. I don't, you're smarter than me, I'm sorry. I bought a really nice knife this week that is a little bit indulgent, but it was a good deal. It was a good sale. It wasn't that indulgent. But for me, it was an expensive knife. People spend a lot of money on knives. This is not an expensive knife. But for me, it's an expensive knife, and it's got a beautiful leather sheath, and it's called a Skinner knife. And, well, you know what it's for. But uh, I really hope to go hunting this fall. And I used to be very against hunting. I thought it was a very cruel and evil thing to do to a poor innocent deer to a beautiful creature of the wild um and then i i started listening i I read this book by an author named stephen ranella the book is called american buffalo and it's not really about hunting it's about bison it's about buffalo but steve is maybe one of the most famous hunters in america and uh, he taught me a lot and i learned a lot and it there's something really fun. This has happened to me a few times in my life. There's something really fun when you start hearing a perspective that you were vehemently against. Is that a word? Vehemently? Is that how you say it? Um, when you start grappling truly and honestly with an idea that you dislike, that you disagree with, but you're brave enough or open enough to at least let it inside that's a very scary feeling. And most of the time, you know, first of all, we don't do it. Most of the time you don't even think about stuff, right? And when you do, I mean, you know, if you really believe your thing and then you're going to keep believing your thing, you're not going to like suddenly think differently or believe different things. But there's something very exciting that happens when you start flirting with ideas that you're uncomfortable with, that you dislike, that you are you know, just confidently opposed to. And, you know, I was predisposed to that um, dynamic 
from religion growing up and questioning and having real questions. And I was very lucky that I was always encouraged to question things, not by my teachers, but by my father, by my parents, I suppose. Um, you know, not to the degree that I ended up questioning things. <laughs> I don't know if that was like their, their hope. Hey, question this shit. And then you'll think it's all bullshit. But, um, you know, but I'm, I was very lucky and, um, sorry, I'm like so sensitive to sound in this apartment. It's just so noisy. One day I can't wait to have like a sound studio and it's just tight and quiet. But now I just hear all these different hums. Like I turn the air conditioner off, but there's still these different hums from the neighbor's washer dryer and the ratty old fridge, broken dishwasher, somebody vacuuming a building away. I could hear it all. <laughs> uh, I hope you don't, though. Anyway, uh, there's this... So, you know, growing up, it's like I... From a, a really young age, I always had real questions and I was constantly pushing the boundary of the religion and the doctrine um, and it was very scary and difficult and uncomfortable and you know I always felt like I was hiding something I was guarding a secret and I was hiding my own um, you know my own disbelief my own unbelief um, and you know when I when you, it's it's kind of like coming out of the closet and and in many ways but also the shame you know the shame of now again i don't know what that's like um and that's got to be its own thing and certainly a few years ago you know it was very very scary for some people and it, that resulted in you know people being kicked out of their house or worse but that being said i know people who left the religion and that resulted in similar things so you one shouldn't compare hardships ever um but also you know, you could relate to anybody. If you've had a bad day, you can relate to someone who's had a bad year just because it was just a day for you and a year for someone else. You know, there's still room for empathy there. But anyway, so, you know, yeah. So uh, I remember there's this character, and I'm not going to say his name, but when I was 17 years old, I was kind of, I was at a crossroads and I was, I had left the religion internally, but, you know, and it was pretty clear, you know, but, but it was still, it wasn't, you know, there's different degrees. There's like a hundred thousand little minuscule levels, you know, and they're all very detail oriented and they're just kind of there. They exist only in this vortex, in this neurotic web of, you know, just, just, you know, OCD level, like obsessive you know, religious ritual that is very, very hard to describe. It's hard for me even to remember it. You know, the the old rabbi coming in and measuring the yarmulke on my head, measuring it to see if it reached, reached the corners of my skull, if it was big enough, and what kind of rim it had, what kind of fabric it was made of. If any of these things were wrong, we were sent home. I would get those things wrong on purpose so that I could go home and ride my bike in the woods and build tree houses. Um, however, when I was 17 years old, uh, I kind of, I'd messed around a little bit of college here and there, you know, I, I sort of fell right out of high school. I thought I graduated. It turns out I really didn't, but they let me into college anyway. I, I, 
I don't know if you know this, but you don't really have to graduate to get into a community college. You could kind of just show up. And for me, I did, and they just gave me a GED. And I had some college courses already, et cetera. But anyway, I, I went to business school for a little bit when I was 16 and didn't like it. It wasn't for me. I didn't, you know. Anyway, so um, so I, I, I was faced with this thing of like, hey, either you can – uh, I, what I wanted to do, I was like running away with this rock and roll dream. I wanted to be a rock and roll guitar player and start a band. And I thought, well, where, where does that happen? I guess New York City, you know. And in my naive, you know, uh, little little dream skull, uh, you know, I was like, I'll move to Brooklyn and start a cool, you know, start a rock and roll band. I'll be the guitar player. I didn't sing at that point. I didn't sing at all. And then, right, um, in the summer when I was 17 years old, um, this man came around, almost like a traveling salesman, and he came from this, like, institution. It was somewhere between a school, a religious school, a yeshiva, and, a, like, a halfway house, you know, a drug rehab. And... I'd been aware of the institution because a couple of my friends had gone there and I knew one of the rabbis who was sort of at the helm, not at the helm, but, you know, up there in, in the thing. And, and I liked him. He's a good man, a family friend. I'd grown up around him and grown up with his kids and I liked him a lot. But this other man who's representing said institution, you know, convinced me, sat down and he said, you know, and he, I kind of told him, yeah, well, I'm a guitar player and I want to move to New York City and, you know, I want to be in a band. <laughs> And he looked at me, and this is a Hasidic man. I have left the religion, but he, I liked him. He was charming, and I, I just enjoyed his, his sort of ambition of running around trying to convince, you know, 17, 18-year-old Jewish boys to come to his school. And I was like, this is fun. You know, so we're eating a falafel. I should have known. I'm eating the falafel. I should have known I was already I was hooked. But he looked at me, and he said, he said, when else are you going to have the opportunity to go to another country and live there, you know, essentially for free and be on your own and be able to do whatever you want? And he's like, you know, we're, we want you to show up and learn and, you know, pray and take part in our religious ceremonies and, you know, and, and be part of the institution. He said, but if you have to disappear for a couple of weeks and you want to go backpacking in the desert, that's okay. That's all right. And I was like, huh, interesting. <laughs> so I, I sat on it for a few days and, uh, and I, I was in this like little quasi band at the time with my, with a drummer who's amazing. He's like a, he wanted to be John Wana, but John Bonham and I, I wanted to be Jimmy Page, you know, he was Steven Adler. I was Slash. Um, he wasn't quite Charlie Rot Watts, but I certainly wanted to be, you know, Keith Richards or Mick Taylor or Ron Wood or Brian Jones or whoever the hell's played, whoever the hell else played guitar in the Rolling Stones. Um, so I sat on it for a few days, you know, I did a lot of contemplating. I'd hike up Kakiat Mountain in Harriman State Park and I'd look out and I could see the little community college I was, you know, sort of spending time in. I was seeing a girl there we'd met in a graveyard. She was very nice. And yeah, you know, seventeen. And you know, when I when I think back on my like seventeen year old self, uh, and as maybe you do the same, 
unless you're 16, in which case don't do that. My manager tells me uh, we don't have many 16-year-old listeners. I think that's for the best. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I, uh, I hiked this mountain, which I'd hiked often, and sat there. And I was like, you know, what's going to happen? What should I do? And, you know, I kind of just chose. I was like, I get to go here. And I'm not going to have to pay money. I'm going to live in this thing, in this kind of house for free. I'm going to eat their food, and I could go around the whole country. I was like, let me try it. And if I hate it, I could come back, but I might never have this opportunity again. And man, was I right. I, you know, I showed up. It's like a 12-hour flight. Then you get into this little van that's called a Sherut. And it's just, you know, they pick you up and they uh, it kind of bounces around from settlement to settlement, from little village to tiny town. And it came into my own, uh, you know, up, up this winding hill all the way to the top of this mountain overlooking the Judean desert with a little Arab town called Abu Ghosh to... Um, to the west and the Mediterranean Sea to the east, you know, Syria to the north, um, Egypt to the south. I don't know if any of that's correct, by the way. Don't, don't look, don't look at a map. Anyway, so, uh, I, you know, I got, remember pulling my suitcase on this gravel on the top of this top of this mountain, you know, this little mountain village and proceeded into this big Jerusalem stone building. There's three floors and you come in in the middle one and you go downstairs. It's called the dungeon. And that's where I was. That's where I slept. And I put my stuff in my room and I say that to my roommate and one of them is Russian or Ukrainian. I uh, didn't know the difference at the time. <laughs> we do now. Uh, and another friend was part half, half Japanese um, and a half Sephardic Jew. And I said hello to them, and I was like, oh, my God, where am I? This is crazy. And, you know, this began just like the, well, the craziest year of my life. And right before leaving for Israel, I wrote my first song, like a real song. I'd written many songs, you know, with lyrics and stuff, but... This is this was a different song, you know. It was a song I really wanted to sing, and you know, uh, I I I couldn't believe that I'd written it. Now, look, you know, looking back, it's it's not the best song at all, and you know, I but I reserve criticism or or critical uh, attention from it, you know, because it 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 was very kind to me, and um. And it, it changed my relationship to music. You know, up until that point, I was a guitar player, and maybe I wrote some lyrics for fun, and I'd mess around with song structure. I'd listen to, like, everything from, you know, Dylan, of course, to Ozzy Osbourne, and I'd write down the lyrics, and then I would change the song structure. You know, I'd put my own lyrics, but I'd use... The, I'd, sorry, I'd use the song structure. I would get rid of the lyrics, but I would kind of feed off of the vibe, and... Um, and it was very fun, but I always was really embarrassed of those songs. I didn't know why. 
I thought it was because they were so vulnerable or private, but it turns out it's because they sucked. Um, and when I wrote this other song, this this first one I'm talking about, it it was completely different, you know. I don't know why, but it was just different, and I felt compelled to sing it. I started singing it, and, you know, in that little village just outside of Jerusalem, I, I wrote many other songs, and, you know, th- thus began this, like, this journey of freedom and adventure for me. And I think it's a little bit dangerous to decide who you are when you're 17, 18 years old. And by no means did I understand really, um, you know, the, the complexity of being a functioning human adult and wrestling with the past and, you know, dealing with it in a, in a substantial way. And, I, I had no idea what kindness was. I thought I was very kind, you know, but I'd never really been challenged, you know, in a fundamental way. I'd never really battled deeply with anxiety, although I struggled with depression, but I, I learned that those two things are different. I had a lot of depression as a kid. I can't say I had, I had a lot of anxiety. I don't know, but they they are different. But anyway, you know, I, I just, it was such an adventurous, crazy time, and I got a, a girlfriend that, you know, was luckily just an awesome human being, and we're still dear friends, and she just, she just had a kid, actually, it's awesome, and, you know, I, uh, I learned, I learned a lot, I learned so much, and I met this group of friends from Chicago, who, um, you know, we'd go backpacking together all around the country, and jump in these little, you know, springs, and go to the Dead Sea and hike in the Wadi and Safed and all over the place. It was just a crazy time and I was writing song after song and just discovering myself. And then I met a, I met an old, older man who, you know, took me under his wing a little bit and became a mentor. He tried teaching me guitar, but I didn't want to be taught guitar. I needed something else from him. And eventually we found that and he was so kind to me and generous and he was the first person that I showed my songs to. I showed him my songs, and he, he was extremely encouraging. And he, he's like, we got to get to a recording studio. So we did, and I recorded some stuff. And it was all awful, but it gave me the confidence, and it set me on the path to want to be great. And after doing all that, I you know I realized that, well, I really want to get good at this thing, and I know I'm not nearly as you know good enough, so I just have to do it. And I just started doing it and doing it and doing it. And every night, you know, I learned a little bit more. And here we are, you know, eight years later. And I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, You know, but that's just a name. It's just a place, you know. But ultimately, I'm in a, I'm in a healthy, happy place and full of love. And I have love for, you know, not only my, my you know, incredible girl and stupid little cat that's waiting outside the door for me, um, you know, but, but for my family, my extended family, and for my friends, my new friends, my old friends, um, everybody who's just become family, you know, C. Landsbaum and his wife Cindy and many, many people. It's just crazy, man, you know, the, the life that we get to lead, you know, the, the crazy places we end up and the people that we're just fortunate enough to, to meet you know, it's just, it's so cool. Um, I, I ran into, you know, a new friend here, uh, 
in Nashville and you know they're, they're, they have kids you know they're real adults and all that and just adorable ran to them in the library and you know they're they're incredible people and they make you just uh inspired and all that you know so uh it's pretty crazy man we're a long way from Jerusalem and uh it was a special time it was crazy it was crazy you know running around this country just naive and you could drink by the way at 18 there you know that's the drinking age and we just had such a good time and Stay up all night listening to music around a campfire, exploring ancient caves, you know, walking down the cobblestone streets, holding hands, falling in love for the first time, and pretending to, uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like at every point in my life, you know, the past is almost this fiction that, that, that you make up, you know. Nothing was real until this very thing. This is as real as it gets. Um, you know, but it was a very lucky time, a very free and open time. And now when I think back and I'd be on that mountaintop and it'd smell like, it'd smell like firewood, you know, and it would remind me of my childhood of being a kid on the farm and there was a fire burning in the wood stove in the old log cabin before it burnt town, you know, before, before my childhood, you know, sort of like evaporated and, uh, you know, it would take me back to that time and I'd walk around the mountaintop and I'd feel the wind and I'd wrestle with my demons and I'd write songs about it. And, you know, little did I know that that, that itself was almost a new childhood. That was a fun and innocent time. Do we just look back every four or five years and go, wow, we were so much younger then. We didn't know anything. Now the world has gotten in and corrupted us. I don't know, but I'm very, very grateful for it and I'm, I almost think back at my younger self and I'm like jealous of that little asshole <laughs> hey man <laughs> you don't know about you know a lot of this shit that's going on um and that's why you know with all the shit going on it's a weird balancing act of protecting your soul from it not letting yourself be completely corrupted but you also don't want to be you know you don't want to have your head in the sand either but um
wasn't the full song, but that was a verse and a chorus and then a bridge, I guess. And Anyway, so that's that, and this is this, and here we are. So Nashville, Tennessee, it's been an amazing week here. I played a gig tonight at the Rusty Nail Saloon. Sorry the podcast is a, a day late. I don't know if it matters to anybody. It, it matters to me, I think, but sometimes... Uh, I, I, anyway, so we had more. We had a really fun day yesterday. We had a little party by the pool here. We got a pool, um, you know, by the apartment complex, and it's so much fun. And so we made, um, you know, I chopped up a big whole watermelon, and um, we had beers and stuff, and you know, chips, and just hung out by the pool and had wine, and um, it was just a really good time. And um, just with like people here, our friends here at the at the complex, you know, a couple of neighbors and. Um, it's been a, it's just been a wild ride and, uh, I'm trying to think that this week was a super fun week. I feel like I played another gig that I forgot about, but I'm, I'm playing out and I feel like things are really cooking here. Things are really happening. And also, um, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say much cause I don't know, but I think we might've hired someone, brought someone on to, to the team here, to the team here at a uh, Shlomo Franklin headquarters. Uh, we might have a new, you know, kind of like a somebody that's that's a big part of the t- team. We'll see. Um, it's not set in stone, but we're in the process. And if it does really uh, work out, I'm extremely excited and extremely lucky. And I think it's just gonna be incredible and uh, change change a lot. So uh, put in a good word for me. Uh, where it's just really really exciting. So we'll see. Um, but that's, that's where we're at. Uh, I feel like, um, I feel like some super fun things happened this week. Um, but I, I also kind of feel a little bit present. I saw this musician here, Ellie Turner. Her name is Ellie Turner. I think that's her on Spotify. Ellie, E-L-I, no, E-L-L-I-E, Turner. She's incredible. Uh, really, really great songwriter. Um, yeah, check her out. So I saw her, we saw her at, um, just play this gig at the Bowery Vault, which is a venue that I played and really enjoyed. Um, but, uh, just, she absolutely killed it. And so we got to see her again at Vinyl Tap and then, uh, you know, got, got dessert across the street with some friends and, uh, it's been super fun. I also got back this footage that we filmed over two years ago, right before the old pandemic, right before COVID hit, we uh, filmed a little tour in Vermont with the band, and I finally got the footage, which I just remembered I have to download. Um, but anyway, let me see if it still exists. It better still exist. Um, I hope. Uh, are we there? Yeah. Anyway, so I gotta edit this shit somehow and make a little documentary or something. Or, but there's some really cool stuff in there, and it was so much fun. I can't believe we captured it. Um, 
Also, uh, while we're suggesting music, my buddy Carling Burkout had put out a record a long time ago. So it's not like this is a new song or a new record. Um, super, 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 super great. Um, she has a song called Geese in Flight, another one called North Country. Um, yeah, just, just awesome. So played real quick, played the Rusty Nail Saloon today, just a random, you know, shot someone a message and they checked out the songs. And they're like, sure, we'd love to have you and all that. So, uh, played it tonight, um, showed up to like a real country bar outside of the city, outside of Nashville in Hermitage, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, it was just like one dude was wearing camo Crocs. Another one was wearing cowboy boots, you know, but I, I kept up in my overalls. I fit in a little bit, but, um, that was cool. It was, it was quite fun and played some of my songs. And whenever I'm like faced with like a real, what I feel is like a bit more of a real country crowd. Um, I go, you know, you go in two directions, either you either, uh, try to fit in, you know, I'll try to play my songs that feel more country, or I'm just like, I'm going to lean into just being myself and, you know, you can guess which one brings more success, but I just did my own thing and I leaned into kind of my, just, I mean, it's all myself, it's all my songs, but I didn't try to pander or appeal to them because ultimately that's condescending. You got to be yourself and, you know anybody needs it they'll come to you and that's what happened they were lovely and this guy was super drunk and he was like you're like a young neil young and and that, that you know that was hilarious and fun i was like well i you know um my music's on spotify so but anyway well so it, it was a it was a fun gig it was a interesting gig i don't know when i'll play there again but uh, it was a really nice time and um yeah got a lot of exciting things coming up and I am extremely fortunate and lucky to be doing this and uh yeah and I forgot to tell you but we're playing a little Art and Luthery guitar today it's a little parlor guitar it's one I've really worn a hole into the wood here but um I love it a lot and I love you even more thank you so much for listening and this is going to be a fun and exciting and somewhat productive but also relaxed week and uh, I can't wait I'm excited for it all hopefully I'm gonna do some hiking maybe uh try some delicious food you know cook a bit more um I don't think I cooked anything too exciting this week uh but it was fun making just the snacks for the party for a little get together and I think I'm gonna hang out by the pool tomorrow. I'm gonna try to get some sun. Try to turn these go- ghostly white legs into something less repulsive and frightening. But um, anyway, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. I love you a lot. Bye bye. <laughs>